You know, COVID has hit us all real hard. Some of us physically harder than others. For some of us financially harder than others. But imagine your world. Could you, even in this COVID or even in the world we've been through, actually carry on the personal mantra of never give up? Listen to today's episode as we actually meet someone who actually has that mantra and actually would give that advice to you if you were going through the worst. Never give up. Listen in. Good afternoon, everybody. It's Tim Gillette, and it's this is the Tim Gillette Show. Hey, this is a great show because we get to interview some of the most interesting people on the planet. I like saying that, the most interesting people on the planet, because they are. And here's the cool thing about it is most of these people I don't know personally. I've made some of them I met once, some of them I met twice, some of them I've never met. And this is how I get to know them by interviewing them on this show. So today's guest is uh, no exception. All right. It is someone who is very cool. All right. Met her one time at Craig Duswalt's. Uh, again, we're mentoring Craig Duswalt. Uh, that's another quarter that Craig Duswalt owes me for mentioning his name. All right. Uh, met at his, his boot camp. And uh, we've been connected on Facebook. And finally, I get to interview her today. I'm going to find out who she is, where she lives, what she does. You know, name it. But just in case you have a question for her, put it in the comments so we can share it with her when she comes up. Our guest today, Maya McNulty. Let's bring her up here. Hello, Maya. Hi. How is everybody? Oh, well, you know, they, they are have been waiting for you all week. <laughs> That's awesome. I'm excited. Thanks for having me. Hey, everybody. I hope you're having a great day. It is April Fool's Day. So was that a joke? Um, no, but did you know, Maya, <laughs> that April Fool's, uh, April 1st is the anniversary of my company. Oh, 11 well, years congratulations ago today, and I put happy my first blog happy... post out, which changed my world. Happy anniversary. Yeah. Happy, what do we say? Um, business birthday anniversary, right? Is yeah. that how we say it? I don't know. I don't. I usually don't keep track of it, but I, it's, it's, everybody says why April fools. I'm like, that's the day I just got serious. I had no clue what day <laughs> of the week it was, what day of the month it was. I just said, okay, today I'm doing a business first of the month we're in and had no idea it was April 1st. Anyway, so Maya, <laughs> well, where, where do you live? Right in. Yeah. Maya, where do you live? I'm coming from, to you from Albany, New York. Upstate New York, and it is snowing on April Fool's Day, but it's not an April Fool's joke. It is an actual snowy, wet day here in Upstate New York. Wow! Now, now, now I'm kind of familiar with that area. All right, I grew up in Scranton, Pennsylvania, a stone's throw from you. Yeah, hey, that's down the street. Down, down the street. <laughs> When I, when I drove truck, I used to stay at my mom's house in the Poconos, uh, and then I would get up early in the morning and drive up my truck up rather than go up mm -hmm. and st stay the night before. Yeah. No. <laughs> um, so have you lived there your whole life? Mostly. I mean, besides college, I um, came to America in 1979 with my family, my mom and dad and my brothers, and we've lived in Schenectady since then. And I've been in this area. It's a little town north of Albany, or they always say go west, but um, 
uh, Albany, about 13 miles. It's a little town called Niskayuna, New York. And this is where I've lived for the past 20 years. Wow. Uh, yeah, but you met me in California. I met you in California because I, like you, do marketing and advertising and promotions. And it's kind of uh, fun to go and travel. And that's one of the things I miss is connecting with real people in like venues and uh, doing business one-on-one -on -one with each other. It, it's been a real adverse learning that we've had to all adapt to uh, in 2020 and now early first quarter of 2021. And hopefully it'll change as everyone's starting to get the vaccine and, and get out there to be able to get back to life. But we've got to achieve that herd, herd immunity and get ourselves vaccinated if that's what you choose to do. I, I don't really care if you get vaccinated or not, that's up to you. I'm not gonna say that it's, it's one way or the other, but for me who have just survived COVID after being in a coma for 30 days, um, I was the first young female in Albany, New York to have gotten COVID and hospitalized for 69 days in a coma on a ventilator for six weeks. I had to learn to walk, talk, eat again. I've got these scars. I lost all my hair. So I'm always playing with it because, you know, when you met me, I had long hair and now I, my hair seven months in, I'm 10 months and um, one week uh, post COVID surviving and survival. And I'm sharing my story with people so that they too can see the hope and the dream and the light and believe that they too can become a survivor and whole again and get back to their life as they were or even better you know i think i'm a better person now that i've gone through what i just went through in the past 10 months i had to learn to eat walk and talk all over again i was being hoyer lifted out of bed i miss wearing my high heels you know you'd see me at the events wearing high heels and dressed to the nines because i studied fashion and that was me but now i'm i've stepped back a little i lost my voice so my voice sounds a little different um but <coughs> It took seven months. Uh, can you imagine me not talking for seven months, <laughs> Tim? Uh, you know, uh, my wife's like that too. I can't imagine my wife being quiet for seven months. I can't imagine <laughs> being quiet for a week. But anyway, yeah. I'm not saying my wife talks too much. I'm not saying that. Yeah. I understand. Yeah. And so, I mean, so you fun. actually had a real tough bout with, uh, with COVID. Uh, you know, I had a very minor, all right. For me, I was Christmas. I had it at Christmas time. And I thought it was a bad flu, a bad cold. That was it. Sure. It really wasn't. I kept like every day going, okay, it, it's going to get worse today. It's going to get worse today. <laughs> and it didn't. Uh, now, I, I'm, I'm glad that, but I'm like, like, this thing is hitting so many people so many different ways. Another friend of mine spent, you know, three months in the hospital on a ventilator with it. You know, it's just weird. Wow. Yeah, I was 30 days on a ventilator. Yeah. My lungs collapsed three times. My daughter was told to come home from college to say goodbye to her mom. Mm. My husband was crying every night for a man that's um, tough to swallow. So, yeah, I um, I survived. I mean, with all the prayers and, and all the community and all my friends, it, it's been nice to to reconnect with them. And I'm a different person. I definitely am. I have a different perspective on life. So. Isn't it, I mean, isn't it interesting all right now, and I know you've been in business and we'll, we'll go through your business here in a minute, but isn't it interesting that those people who've created businesses, uh, we have a, a resilience, all right? Stuff like this hits us, but we like, we find some way to keep going. I mean, have you seen that? I know you've been in business pretty much your whole life too, haven't you? Yes. Yep. Yeah. 
Uh, and, and it's something about us. We just find this way to, I mean, we just push on. Okay, this is this is today's problems. Let me fix it and keep going. You know what I mean? We don't stop. It's like that yeah. Rocky movie. How hard can you get get hit and keep get, keep moving forward? You're right. Yeah. It's true. We persevere. We definitely do. Um, we have a lot of gut and grit and entrepreneurs are wired the same way. You know, we have, we're cut from the same cloth. We think differently. We're, we think differently and it's okay to think differently. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, but you know, your business, let's talk about that for a minute. Is, sure. uh, when did you get started in business and is this, is this your first company? You know what I mean? Well, interestingly, like every entrepreneur that chooses not to give up and fall down 100 times and gets picked up 101, um, <clears throat> I first, uh, when I graduated college, I studied fashion merchandising and design, and I moved back to the Albany area because I met my husband and, um, and got married, but I was still in school at the time, and I wanted to finish college, and so after I did that, I ended up getting back home, which... In Albany, New York, there's really no fashion capital here, but I was in London, Paris, Rome, Boston, um, New York City, you know, all the big, um, uh, what do you call it, epicenters of fashion. And I, <coughs> and I chose to um, try to figure it out, and I ended up working in an insurance of all things, thinking, because I also went to school and I have a marketing degree, bachelor's in marketing, and when I couldn't fall back on the fashion, I said, okay, well, let me do something in marketing, thinking I'll go into marketing. And that didn't work out. I got fired like in 18 months of that job. I went on unemployment and wrote a business plan. I said, okay, well, maybe I should do fashion because that's what I love. And I'm really good at it, fashion design, merchandising, buying. Um, so I ventured into that and that took off uh, for the first three years. And then women were coming in. It was a dress shop for women. And they were coming in and asking um, for more clothes and because they were losing weight. So I said, "What? you know, I have to play devil's advocate and ask, what are you guys doing? What, what are you ladies, ladies doing? You're looking fantastic. And they said that they were going to Curves for Women. So I researched the Curves for Women. But I didn't really do my due diligence. I just bought on um, uh a pulse, right? An impulse. And um, which I've learned now that that is not a good way because it was actually a fad and I invested a lot of money, which later almost bankrupt me like most entrepreneurs, right? We get almost bankrupt and then we try something else. And I took a year off after that. I had to close the dress shop because I was a young mom, a new mom, and I had to choose which business I wanted to have. Was it the dress shop? Was it the curves for women, which I had two locations and 20 employees? Or what do I have to do? So I didn't have any debt on uh, Village Boutique. So I closed that and started to operate full-time Curves for Women because I was split between the three. And um, in about five years, it almost nearly bankrupted me because all the profit I'd made in the first three years when it was hot, um, the first largest growing Guinness Book World Record franchise, um, was also the, the Guinness Book World franchise that nearly bankrupt everyone. So um, I laugh at it now because I did learn some lessons in that um, buying a franchise because here you buy a franchise and you think it's supposed to teach you the marketing, the accounting, the teamwork. You're supposed to have some, some team to fall back on, um, knowledge network, and all of that was a fraud and it wasn't anything that was gonna help me move forward. So. 
I struggled to get through that. And a lot of times I thought it was me, that I was a failure. And I had to rewire my brain to say, I didn't fail. The business plan failed. And so that took a lot of guts and courage. And I took a year off to really understand what happened to me. Why did I drink the Kool-Aid, if you will, so so much to think that I couldn't stop the bleeding and get out from under that. And mm. then I realized it wasn't my fault. <coughs> and I had to retrain my brain. And so I started doing a lot of marketing classes, traveling. Um, I wrote a couple books. And I got myself reinvented. And that's what a lot of entrepreneurs do. We just reinvent ourselves. And I did that. And I've been um doing upthebiz.com for the past seven actually 10 years now <laughs> and um and i took a year off last year uh, you know it's sorry i was in a coma but um and so yeah so now i'm getting back into it and then along the line when i was um being mentored by sharon bernstein um she said my you really gotta write a book and then when i saw you on stage um a couple years ago i said you know i gotta i gotta sit my butt down and write this book so i did have my first book when i saw you but i said let me write my second one and now i'm writing my third one um because it's kind of like an obsession after you get the first one out you get obsessed with writing books yeah. so and people say you must be really smart but i'm not i'm really not that smart i just figured it out and you got to just be one step ahead of everyone so if they want to learn something you just write it out and write it in a book and get it published and author means authority and so somehow you become the authority in your niche and um and it's been kind of cool to have that little authority figure i guess um to say okay i'm not the smartest because i definitely surround myself with the smartest people but <coughs> but it's kind of cool to say well i did write two books <laughs> yeah. uh you know i wrote a, a, i think three uh total and uh, none of them are, are are available anymore. But like I'm in tons of these uh, compilation books, which mm -hmm. uh, every compilation book I'm in, I'm a, I'm a number one bestseller. But uh, like uh, that's the only reason I did it is, uh, but yeah. like they're not good. I haven't written another book. Uh, it's got to be it's got to be five years since I've written a book, and and I've got a whole new system out. And I'm like, man, I need to write a book about it again. You know, um, <laughs> I just <laughs> I haven't gotten around to it. <laughs> Yeah, I've I've been like three of those compilation books, and they were bestsellers too. And then mine hit, and um, it's it's cool. I mean, <laughs> yeah. uh, I don't, you know, it's like there's a saying that says, you know, take your wins, and that's all they are, and mm -hmm, move mm -hmm. to the next. Because if you sit idle, I think it was Mia Hamm that said it. You know, you just take you know, like you score a goal, and then you move on. It's just that. That's it. And you just start all over again. So that's where I'm at now with COVID and surviving um, my post-COVID life. And I'm advocating for long haulers, for support recovery and support guidance for themselves, their families, and their friends. Because like me, who's just phased out of hospital care, you know, I had an in-home nurse. I had an occupational therapist. I had a physical therapist all in home. I had them while I was in the hospital, speech therapist, mm -hmm. occupational, physical therapist. And then when I graduated in-home, then I um, uh, started outpatient. And just last week, the 29th of March, I graduated physical therapy. 
So now what comes next for Maya? Because it's not long haulers, you turn the switch off. You know, it's not a light bulb or a light switch that you just turn off. So we need post-COVID care. And I'm going, to, I'm advocating for that. And I started COVID wellness, uh, COVID wellness clinic on Facebook. Um, and the domain COVID wellness clinic, the website is going to be coming soon not sure what i'm doing with that if i'm going to have an online course to be able to reach more people because i want to have a physical location mm -hmm. where it's important to me because when i needed plasma um none was available in our area and then when i wanted to have a plasma donation site the closest to our area was 100 miles away but now they have them closer because yeah. it's become popular but I don't want it to be just because it became popular that they're here. I want them to know that it's not a switch and just because it's popular that you open a location. This is a long-term thing yeah, and it's yeah. not a switch that we turn off. It's, I mean, and you know what I mean? You talk about that. I mean, in your, in your struggles over the years, uh, you know, you, you learned uh, by trying to follow, follow something that was popular at the time and then learning from the failures of that. Uh, so you're now you're, you've you've taken that wisdom into this new venture, right? Absolutely. Mm -hmm. I think that's what we have to do. You know, it's sort of like a comedian. You know, he gets on stage. I mean, I'm thinking this is how Seinfeld probably did it. He went on stage and he was a bust, right? Yeah. And then he said, "Okay, well, this joke's really cool." He picked this joke and he put it into his arsenal. Then he went on another stage and did a couple jokes, and nobody believed. He like laughed or said that was cool. So he said, "Okay, I'm not going to do that one." Up, and then he did one and it nailed. And by the time you knew it, he got 10 popular jokes and that was his skit. And then people all over the world followed him. So you gotta keep trying. You know, one thing might stick, one might not, but take that one best thing that happened out of that whole thing and then try to work it as a unit. I, you know, I, and you speak of that, it's like I met a comedian uh, in 2010, I was in Los Angeles, I was in Hollywood for something, I don't remember what. And the hotel I was staying at actually had a club downstairs and they did like a, a uh, an open mic night mm -hmm. like where, where comedians came in and this comedian came in and I is like DJ Wheezy or something like that is his name. I don't, I haven't seen him since, but uh, we're connected <laughs> on Facebook and he created a whole joke. He's a big black guy and he created this whole joke about, you know, being black and uh, you know, and the, um, oh, what is it? The, the GPS, like he says, you ever notice the GPS does not sound like a black guy giving directions. I'm a black guy. Speak to me in my own language. <laughs> and his whole joke was about this thing. And he's and I, I went up to him afterwards. I said, man, that was good. And he said, I created it at the bar because I thought my 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 thing was gonna be gonna suck. So I come up mm -hmm. with something new at the bar. <laughs> yeah, that and, was great. And, and I think that's how it is in business. So often we think we've got the answer and we get to the actual point we're about to implement it, and we're like, we're sitting at the bar going, crap, this ain't gonna work. Let me rewrite it real quick. <laughs> It's true. Some of the best um, business ideas are on bar napkins. Yeah. You yeah. know, well, there's I mean, actually I, a book. Yeah. We fly Southwest Airlines, which Southwest Airlines, as you know, was created on a, on a, on a bar napkin at an airport, mm -hmm. you know, uh, and, and that's it. Most people don't. And, and it's a, it was a very simplistic plan. Mm -hmm. That's the thing. We're about simplistic plans. Most of us won't do. Um, you know, I was, uh, I was in the car detailing business for years. I had several car detailing companies and one of them had mild success, but most of them, it was so focused on details that I couldn't focus on success. 
And that was my learning thing going, dude, you keep trying to quit the quit trying to do the fine details. Let's get the <laughs> basics down first, you know? Yeah. You're right. Um, well, my you know, over my years, all right, uh, I've carried something with me for years that sure, was said to me it? when I was 19 years old, all right, and it was a, a boss who gave me a bit of advice about the job, and it has become something that has been part of my life and carried out on how I run my businesses, how I do everything. And that is, he said to me, uh, it was a part-time job, and he said, Tim, I want you to run this shift like you own this business. Because he taught me that, I have taken ownership of everything I've done in my life. Has someone given you a piece of advice similar, couldn't have been the same, but similar, that has driven you for every business, every job, everything you've done? I have had mentors my entire life. I can remember back in like elementary school when I was learning to volunteer at the city mission like I was taught how to volunteer at around Thanksgiving time to feed the hungry. When I got into business, I went to SCORE and got a mentor there for, you know, the seniors that were retired and can teach you business. I went to the Women Business Council. I went to the Women SBA. Uh, I think that how one of the best advice that I can give you is to say, always have an open mind and a positive attitude. I think your attitude will determine exactly where you're going to go. And if you believe that a ne 99 negative things, then 99 negative things will come your way. But if you believe in 99 positive things, then 99 positive things will come your way. It's all about mindset and attitude. And that should persevere you. And I've had um, my, a business leadership mentor. I've had um, friends that have mentored me in different ways. Um, like they check me like, hey, you know, who do you think you are kind of thing? And then I know to be a friend. And then um, my daughter has taught me quite a bit. I mean, just to be taught how to be a mom and a good mom. Like there's no rule book on how to do that. And same with my husband, um, because after 22 years of marriage, we've had our ups and downs as entrepreneurs. And so we've had mentors all along our lives. It just chooses our attitude of how we can take that mentor and be um, receptive and able to say, yes, I want to learn, you know, raise your hand and say, I want to learn. And um, like, you don't have all the answers. Yeah. Uh, and it's, and it's, it's true. We don't have all the answers. As a matter of fact, just, um, um, just before I came on to record this with you today, I was actually on zoom with a client helping them, uh, helping them use the process of using StreamYard for what they they do in their business. Sure. And um, you know what I mean. And, and that person, uh, she's a Disney. Uh, she was a Disney. Uh, uh, what do they call it? Imagineer. And uh -huh. she, when she did her first broadcast, all right, she was with a phone and she turned the phone and she could. In the meantime, her, her broadcast was like this the whole time. And she, mm -hmm. and the whole first broadcast was, how do I turn my phone? How do I turn the screen? is their whole first broadcast. <laughs> and we talked about this very concept of like, you know what I mean, of learning. Over mm -hmm. the years, all right, she has had to learn, okay, okay, I'm ready to learn this. Where's the teacher to teach me? You know what I mean? She calls me, I, I need to learn this. How do I learn this? Yeah. How often have you gotten to the point in your life and in your career to be like, yeah, you're teaching me all this now, but I'm not ready for it. But when you are ready for it, you know who to call to get to learn it. 
you cut out on me there, but I think I got your question. <clears throat> Can you hear me? Yeah, uh, there. Okay, now you're back. All right. Yeah. Okay. So basically, I, I was asking. You know what I mean? It, you know, have you ever known when, when you had when you waited to learn something, and when you were, you were ready to learn it, you know who to go to to get the teaching. So Tim, that's a good question because all our lives we've been given good advice and bad advice. You know, we've been given good doctor advice. We've been given good accountant advice. We've been given good uh, directions and we've been given bad directions and bad advice and bad accountant advice and bad doctor advice. So sometimes we have to take it with a grain of salt and know the source, do our due diligence. And how important is it to you to follow up and getting the correct answer? One person, if I ask you, Tell me about your COVID survival. It'll be different, your answer, than my answer mm -hmm. because it's not a one-size-fits-all diagnosis. No. So we have to remember what exactly are we trying to achieve when we're asking our question. And it's different for everyone. And everyone's perception of the question is also different. Mm -hmm. So that is probably what I will conclude in my question, even though I didn't answer it. But it's kind of a roundabout thing because everyone answers it differently. Their their expectation is different. Well, it kind of goes back to, uh, you know what I mean, what you said previously about attitude. All right. I I've gotten a ton of bad advice in my day. And sure. it's very easy to stand up and go, dude, that sucks. Don't give me that advice. Or attitude could click in and go, thank you. Thank you for your information. I appreciate that. Don't put them down, right? You you just mm -hmm. you have to accept it with an attitude of they don't know. They're doing their best to help you. Take what they did as a gift and move on. <laughs> You're right. So my past 12 months, because COVID was new, it's a novel virus and it was changing all the time. Yeah. So for me, I'm antibody positive and there was a speculation that it would last 90 to 100 days, the antibodies. Well, it depends on your T cells that how long it's going to be lasted. Mm -hmm. And scientists have to kind of figure it out. Doctors, they don't know. It's a new virus. And so uh, people were searching for answers and the doctors were trying to give answers, but they weren't really helpful because they honestly just didn't know. Mm -hmm. Just like Dr. Fauci and the, the White House team, and they just don't know. And now I see that they're saying, I just don't know, which is so much better than having false hope and and it's something that i've shared with my team um that has helped me survive because i've been the teacher i've been the patient-led researcher on this because this has never been done before yeah. and while most patients were dying of covid here i was fighting for my life and surviving so they had to learn new ways to treat me and new ways to heal me and when they were giving me the advice that i will recover in uh, uh, 210 days, it took me 10 months to c recover, which is almost 300 days, yeah, right? Yeah. So um, <clears throat> over 300 days. So it's, um, you know, it's, you just, they just don't know, but don't hold people um, as though they're not trustworthy sources. It's just, you have to do your research and you have to know your due diligence and you got to be smart about it and have to have an added a, pur a purposeful attitude because if you go with this negative tone everything is negative you're going to bring everybody else down and their hope down and attitude is, is persevering yeah 
Um, you know, and, and it's interesting, you know, I mean, that, that, you know, your story about having to take longer. Um, you know, I was in a multi-level marketing or network marketing company 20, 30, almost 30 years ago now. And, you know, one of the things that I, I, I um, really got a lot from at, 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 at being in it was someone actually said, dude, if it takes you 20 years to do this, you're still better off. You still own your mm -hmm. own business. And I thought about that over the years. I go, well, you know, I'm not the, uh, I may not be the, the, you know, what shows you, I may not be the fastest person, but if I can do this in a point in time and succeed, I'm still better off than I was if I worked a job for 40 years, right? You still are successful because you came out of it, right? In your business, how, have you, how can you apply that to your business or have you thought about how can I apply this to teaching in my businesses? Hey, I made it through this. Sure. We all look at opportunity. You know, they say that how through every storm comes an opportunity. And it all depends on how you want to see that because the rain is going to pass, the storm's going to pass, the sun's going to come out, the new dawn will be there. But how do you want to change that? And if you could talk about your personal journey, more people are willing to purchase your personal journey and story as opposed to fluff and stuff. Yeah. So if you could be authentic and sell your nuggets, your jewels, those gems that people could actually use to save their life, to, to know that they're not alone, to <coughs> give a hand, to you see, you're giving your hand to lift them up and not out. You know, you're not giving a hand out, but you're lifting them up. Knowing how you're doing that and comforting people when you're comforting people, it gives them hope and light. They don't want to be sold. Nobody wants to be sold. And people know when you're being sleazy and salesy. But if you're being authentic and genuine, people know that too. They can feel the energy. So if you want to make a quick buck, go ahead. It's possible but it won't last for long. The new way of doing things is not necessarily selling stuff. If anything, the pandemic taught us that, that look, we could just be behind the screen and have a successful life. We don't need to go out there and pound and be in a big brick and mortar building and rushing um, throughway and gridlock traffic. Mm -hmm. We could still make a living being in the comfort of our own homes through the internet. This pandemic has made us believe that because we just did it. It takes 21 days to form a habit, 63 days to form a ritual. And so you've been doing StreamYard or Zooms or some type of networking marketing online for more than 21 days. So it's becoming a habit. It's just like going to the gym where the first three weeks, nobody really notices that you're losing weight. But then a month in, they're like, are you doing something new? And then they notice because it became a habit, it became a ritual. And now you want more because people are feeding into that. Yeah. But if you're creating something, the market will tell you if it's good or not. And they'll ask you for more. And if it's not, then it's not the right time. It could be the right track, wrong train, or right train, wrong track. Mm -hmm. But it's okay. You know, it's interesting you brought that up and you talk about health and, uh, uh, you know what I mean, and struggles that we go through in our health. I had, I had COVID at Christmas, right? Since Christmas, between Christmas and now, I gained uh, a total of 17 pounds. Now, you look a skinny little me, 
And everybody's like, yeah. oh, good. You, you needed that. And I'm like, no, I didn't. If you only knew how much that affected my health to now, I have to go to you know an intense diet training, intense things like that. Most people uh, can be stuck in their ways. And I was. I was stuck in my ways to where basically skinny little Tim can eat whatever he wanted for years. Mm -hmm. It finally caught up with me. You know, Maya, in life, all right, we got, some of us have, think we've got success down, <laughs> all right? And you, uh, you, you said before, all right, I, I've learned, I failed, all right, like that. But have you ever gotten success down with the habits you got only to have those habits turn around and kick you in the butt? <laughs> Certainly. You know, last year I was on national stages talking about my books and doing my book tour and warming up the stage and um, for lots of people like one I can think of right off my head was um, Brian Tracy um, in uh, in uh, San Diego, California and um, doing Habitude Warriors with Eric Swanson and um, I had a chance to meet Forbes Riley um, in Nashville um, behind stage and like my, my career was just starting and then here I got hit by COVID and now I have to do a whole pivot. You know, uh, I, when I passed away and I asked God, like, cause I was a vegetable, I said, you know, I don't want to live like this. And I realized it was happening to me. It wasn't happening to me. It was happening for me. Mm -hmm. And so it was a chance for me to pivot, to help more people. And so maybe fundraising secrets was the book that I'm supposed to write to get me to where I'm at now, because now I'm starting a nonprofit. So sometimes we can taste it but we're quite not quite there and it's okay because whatever we're doing, like I talked about the comedian, one joke, then the next joke, sometimes it might take them 10 years to get that one joke to do the whole skit. And that's okay because as long as you're moving forward, you're not staying stuck. And if you're staying stuck, it's because you haven't changed your attitude. Yeah, exactly. I love that thought process. So. Uh, well, my, you know, there's a, there's a lot of people listening in and, uh, you know, some of them, we don't know where they're all at in their life, mm -hmm. but they listen to shows like this looking for advice. So you don't know <laughs> what they're looking for, but what advice based on the knowledge and wisdom you have, what advice would you give to those listening to today's podcast? Some of the best advice that I have gotten in my life was to just never give up that be optimistic when i was learning to walk again the only thing i could think of is you're stronger than you think mm -hmm. i kept saying i can do it i can do it i've said i can do it so bad so many times that i sound like a recording and sometimes people tease me like i know you can do it I know you can do it, you know, but I've said it so many times that it's just wired in my head that if I want to, I had to learn how to lift dishes, my own dish, my own dish plate after I've eaten and to be able to put that in the sink. It took me three months to do that. And the whole time I'd get a little closer and I'd say, I can do it. I can do it. When I first got out of bed, quite lifted into a wheelchair, being able to stand up. They would say to me, okay, you ready? We're gonna do this, three people helping me. I say, I can do it, I can do it. And I would do it and I took my first six steps on March, on May 4th, May 4th and 5th, 
took six steps and now I'm up to a thousand with a cane. So it's a mental attitude. If you start telling yourself that you can do things, whether you think you can, you think you can't, you're right. And so focus on that. That's been one of my biggest advice. And it's a great quote too from Henry Ford, whether you think you can or you think you can't, you're right. You're right. Yeah, that's right. Think you can, you think you can't, you're right. Either way, you know what I mean? You determine <laughs> it. So I love that quote. So it's been very good. Um, what is, uh, Maya, what is the best website people can connect with you? Maybe give it a free offer or something you got? Yeah. Uh, you know, I would love to share my book, fundraisingsecrets.org. It's a free book. I just ask that you cover the cost of shipping. Mm -hmm. And here you're going to be able to learn my four quads of learning how to maximize fundraising by thinking like an entrepreneur. If you're a nonprofit organization, or even if you're a for-profit organization, you can use these 23 secrets in the book, mm -hmm. excuse me, to help um, propel you and learn. And some of my entrepreneurial journey has been how to build a value ladder, and that's inside of the book. And instead of writing a business plan, having a value ladder actually puts you right exactly knowing what your next step is. And it kind of fast tracks you. So that's in the book. Also how to uh, have a timeline to be able to successfully meet your goals. That's really important. A lot of people think that how I have to hurry up and get this done. And like we talked about with the comedian, it's, it might take him 10 years to write a joke a year to have that whole skit done. So it might take you that long. You know, entrepreneurs, we reinvent ourselves on the daily. We get shiny object syndrome. We see the next thing. We think that should be the thing we're doing. And then we lose focus of what we're doing. So if you have a timeline to guide you, there's also a structure because structure gives us freedom. So in 21 days, you form a habit, a healthy habit. You repeat, rinse and repeat that. And you're able to have a, a, a ritual. I also teach you the secrets behind how to successfully uh, write a sponsorship ask so that you can get in front of donors. And it's been just so much fun to be able to do all of those things. So you write a timeline, you have your sponsorship ask, the um, value ladder, and uh, how to build your dream team. I have to think of the one more thing, building your dream team, getting the right people in your corner to help you to build out the things so you're not doing it alone. Because you can go slow if you go by yourself, you can go faster if you go with other people. I like that dream, uh, you know, dream team. I think I need to build one of them myself. Yeah, because we we don't think we can do it better. We think we can do it better by ourselves than other people can help us. And that's not true. True leaders will teach you how to bring your team with you. So you go stronger if you go if you go alone, it's really lonely. But if you go with a team, it's much more it's fun. You know, you're going to be having a good time. Well, uh, it has been ha been fun having you on the broadcast today, uh, Maya. Thanks. But uh, before we finish, I have a game I play with all of my guests. Have you heard about I my game? I love it. Bring it. So we have nine questions, this or that, all right? And uh, okay. some of them may be related. Some of them may not. But we're going to have fun. <laughs> all and right. Well, let me get a swig of water here. Yeah. I'm going to put my boxing gloves on. Come on, let's do it. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> So question one, I ask everybody, Star Wars or Star Trek? Wars. 
Star Wars. I love it. I've four, for the past five people have been Star Wars. I love it. We're on a thing here. Um, in today's world, a lot of people now, number two, are, are listening to audiobooks or podcasts as opposed to reading physical books. Which would you rather do? Listen to a podcast or read a book? Podcast. Podcast. See, more people. Just that's what it's getting into. Mm-hmm. Now, number three, I know you live in New York. So this one here, you may be able to tilt the scale on people. I've asked this one. Would you rather with your friends be in a snowball fight or a water balloon fight? Water balloon fight. We're still on water balloon fight, still winning that one. So So now we're going to move into food products. All right. And this one here, because you're a northern girl, not a southern guy like me down here in Texas. Mm -hmm. Taco or hamburger? Taco. Uh Love a taco. Yeah, me too. Uh, Believe it or not, I still love... uh, I still think some of the tacos at Taco Bell are, are good. I'm good with them. If like I, I'm in a taco, I'll go get one at Taco Bell. Right? They're not the greatest, but they're they're they'll, they're no, good. No, they're terrible. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, down here we have a place called Fuzzy's Tacos that is my favorite. So yeah. Uh-huh. Um, next one here. All right, your your drink of choice: coffee or tea? Tea. Tea. Green mm-hmm. tea or black tea? I'm curious. Tea. Green. Green. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Ice green tea. It's that's my 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 thing right now. Ice green mm-hmm. tea. So sure. All right. Um, you know, over the past year, a lot of us have actually only have to be seen from the waist up. So yeah. are you a dress up girl or are you a yoga pants girl? I'm a pajama pants girl. <laughs> For those of you on the audio, she showed us her pajamas. <laughs> But my pants, my, my pants always match my top. <laughs> and, and, you know, um, my first speaking gig virtually in this whole mm-hmm. pandemic, uh, I did a speech where basically I had my suit coat, my shirt and my pajama <laughs> bottoms on. <laughs> yeah. Oh. Okay. Well, let's stick with that in the dress up category. Are you a heels girl or a boots girl? Well, since I haven't been able to wear my heels, um, I'm a boots girl now. Uh, now I'm talking now, now. Boots is a category, all right. I've got you've seen them. I have Western boots. Like yeah, I've got a collection <laughs> of Western boots. I don't have, okay, I don't have any I'll be heels, honest. Though. I love my high heels. The bigger the heel, the bigger. Mm-hmm. I love it. So I and and you know I, I joined E Women Network a couple of years ago, and and uh, in our local chapter here. One of the girls says, well, why, why would you, a guy, want to join E-Women Network? I said, well, it's a group of women, a group of people who like talking about hair and shoes. Two things I'm interested in. <laughs> hair and shoes. What else do you need? Mm-hmm. Right? Uh, but yeah, since then, I've cut my hair off and all my girls are going, what? Yeah. Anyway. I know. I think I liked you better with long hair. You look so, you look older with the um yeah, it's because you can actually see my real hair color. <laughs> you looked uh, pretty bad before with the uh, long yeah. hair. Uh, it needed. I, I, I've had. I had long hair for for sixteen years. It was time to to to, to cut it off and and let it grow. I mean, it's growing back out, uh, but still. I mean, it needed a, it needed to be a, a cleansing, if if you will. So I needed that. So, well, to be honest, when I went to your website, you had all your long hair. So when I saw your short hair, I was like, wait, is that the same guy? 
So I got to give, I, wait a minute, because of the pandemic, I haven't been able to do a photo shoot. The girl who does Craig's uh, photos uh-huh. did a photo shoot for me every year to update, update my photos. Well, we haven't been in an event in a year and a half, so right. I, I can't get a, a new set of headshots. Anyway. <laughs> yeah, but I think, I think your site looks great, though. It's, it's edgy. Yeah, yeah. So, um, So my next two questions are the controversial ones. These ones have been known to start wars. All right. My next one is the toilet paper. Does it go over on the roll or under? All right. So I posted this one on my Facebook and one of my friends is a patent attorney and she actually sent me the patent for it. The correct format is to go over, but I like it better under because it's easy to unroll. Yeah, those are my friends. Let me send you the patent trademark on it. <laughs> my bathroom has it just sitting on top of the toilet. <laughs> We're not going to fight. I just want you to wipe my butt. <laughs> <laughs> so true. So um, my last one then is the one that uh, some girls are going, why do you ask it? But I still do. And that is boxers or briefs. Hmm. My husband doesn't wear either. His are um, they're like they're they're both combined. They're like um, they're Calvin's and Tommy's. They're not boxers or briefs. There, but I mean, for me, I'm gonna say boxers. But you know, briefs are kind of old man like. What do you wear? <laughs> I've never had someone turn it back on me like that. <laughs> That's a first. Uh, they're called boxer briefs, and a lot of people, that's what they do. They go boxer briefs. Oh, okay, because then yeah. that's what my husband wears, because I'm like, they're not. They're they're like mixed, so. Yeah, that's, <laughs> I, that's, I yeah, that's what I went good. to was boxer briefs. They just seem mm-hmm. to do a little bit better job, so anyway, yeah. <laughs> well, you know, Maya, it has been fun having you on the web on, on the show today. Would you tell <laughs> Tim, people more? audio and video your website so they can get a hold of you fundraisingsecrets.org definitely come check me out there and again it's a free book download and um you if you're on clubhouse too we're doing um fundraising secrets on clubhouse and you can connect with me at clubhouse if you're not on clubhouse yet um we are growing there it's for apple users right now but android is coming out in may and uh, connect with me, Maya McNulty, and you can go mayamcnulty.com as well to connect with me. I'd love that. Cool, cool. Well, Maya, I appreciate you being on the show today. It's been a joy getting to know you. It was fun, uh, Tim, and I'm so glad we got to catch up. It's been way too long. Yes, it has. It has. So, um, to awesome. you guys, the listeners, I want to thank you guys for tuning in. Please go check out Maya's website. Get her book. All right, fundraisingsecrets.org check her out. I did. All right. Come on. She's a cool person. She's actually got a great thing going on and she can help you with your fundraising. Go check her out. I'm Tim Gillette with the Tim Gillette show. And I will be back with another person real soon. In the meantime, be sure and subscribe where you get your podcasts as well as to our YouTube channel, youtube.com slash Tim Gillette. I'll be back real soon with another guest. Until then, have a great day, guys. Bye now.